0: Hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ahmed, and you are listening to Live Beyond the Cube by Voice of the Entrepreneur. And today, I am going to start this podcast with asking you a question. And that question is, have you ever felt stuck? Of course you have. We all have. Every single one of us had at one point felt stuck in our lives, in our businesses, in our careers, whatever it may be, we have felt stuck. Stuck in a way where we can't pull ourselves out of where we are, no matter what we do, no matter what we try to do, we just feel like nothing is working and everything is just keeping us where it is. And that is really the definition of being stuck. Now, if you are someone who is feeling that way right now, as we speak in your life in your career in your business, perhaps, then you definitely want to hear this conversation because I've invited Karen Bellantoni, who is an executive coach but she is also a powerhouse entrepreneur that came from a corporate environment but went on to build a successful multi-million dollar company with almost 18 employees with over 18 employees in less than two years so needless to say she knew how to get unstuck and really Live her potential and become the best that she could. And now she works with people that are feeling this way. They are feeling stuck in their lives that can't seem to get out of where they are currently to go to where they want to go. And one of the things about being stuck is sometimes you don't even know you're stuck you're just stuck thinking that this is how life is supposed to be but when you're stuck you can be pulled out of it and that is a thing sometimes we miss when we are stuck in a certain situation and that is where Karen's work is so powerful because she helps entrepreneurs realize what is it that they're stuck in and what are the signs and symptoms of being stuck and then helping them through the process of understanding them being stuck and then getting out of that eventually so in this conversation i talked to her about what does it look like to be stuck there are some telltale signs of you being stuck and when you start to see those signs you know that you're being stuck in your life and that something needs to change this is the time now for you to make that change what does it look like for someone that is stuck in a job so perhaps you are right now currently stuck in a job or a career that you really don't want to be in but you feel you're stuck in it because it seems that everything is going right yet you do not feel like you're living your life you feel like there's no purpose to the things that you're doing you're just going about the daily routines of doing things but not really moving in a direction and not living the life that you know you can live and that is really truly being stuck even if things seem to be perfect in the eyes of the world and the eyes of society and when someone like that is stuck especially in a job situation and they want to get out and start their own business or they want to work on their passion and create an organization what are the steps that someone can take to get unstuck and have that ability to find their path and really feel like they are getting out of where they are and going in the direction of where they want to go there is a certain methodology to this you every one of us can follow to get out of it and karen is a master on that so i'm super excited about this conversation because what she talks about is real real talk my friend no fluff she gives it like it is and helps people to get unstuck even in the most dire situation like you're going to hear about some of her stories or some of the stories that she shares and you really feel like wow and if they can do it then i can do it as well so my friend without further ado i want to get into the conversation i hope you enjoy it get your pen and paper out because you're going to want to take some notes and get on the path to being unstuck enjoy it karen welcome to the show thank you so much for coming on here how are you doing i'm doing great
1: thank you for having me
0: Karen, when I first heard about you and your work, I was super excited because that is something that I have experienced in my life. And I know a lot of people do, which is being stuck. And I love the work you're doing with entrepreneurs and the people that you work with. You specialize in helping them get unstuck. So I want to know, what's your backstory on this? Why is this uh, an important topic for you, Karen?
1: So my backstory on stuck and why this is such an important topic to me is because I got stuck. And so, you know, I think even though there really is no time, it's a man made construct, and we think we don't live in a linear way, we tend to uh, value ourselves over time as progressing. You know, as you reach a certain level in life, you think you have passed certain things. If you have made it, you think you're done or you will remain at that level uh, and not slip backwards. But what I've learned really is that you achieve and you earn yourself a place in life, whether that's uh, economic rewards, whether it's things that you desire that you've manifested and you really have a mission, reason you came here. Uh, to have this life. Many of us as entrepreneurs, we feel that in our soul. You know, it's it's a burning thing. Like, I know I'm here to do this. And I knew I was here uh, to help a group. And when I had a very big success where I, I sold an agency I had built, um, I wanted to take some time off. And then I kind of launched into this mission I was supposed to be on and I, it wasn't met very well. It it wasn't easy. Uh, I was getting feedback that the idea I had would cost millions, that I should go to Oprah if I wanted to come up with such a a plan. And so I probably didn't fight as hard as I should have. And I found myself in a lost situation. I wasn't really sure what to do next. So I got swept up in what came along. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: always say, if you don't know what you want, if you aren't clear about it, you become part of someone else's dream. You know, if you don't know who you want to marry, you are going to wake up uh, married to someone who you were the dream of. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting what you want. So, I found myself in another you know pretty successful business, and then I had a series of changes in my life. My mom passed away, and she was my only living relative left and my best friend and It was uh, an early and untimely death, so it was really shocking and I decided to up and move myself back to New York City, where I was from and As I was landing here, the uh banks were crashing. Mm.
0: Was that 2008, around
1: that time? Yeah, yeah, 2007, 8, and I was um, really telling people that this downturn was going to be a good 10 years, but I wasn't taking that advice myself. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs feel like rules apply to other people and not to us. I think we have a sense of um, fearlessness that is both a positive, it gets us through uh, where we're going, and And it helps us uh, stay on the path, but it also can be destructive. And if you are on your own and uh, single and working alone in your business, Mm. you really need to develop support and reflective situations where you can see yourself and make new judgments and not just stay on a path no matter what. So um, at that point in time, Ahmed, the, the clients I had were banks. They were insurance companies. They were airlines. They were the people who used to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I actually also had an interest in a mortgage company that ended up failing. So all of a sudden, which which is another uh, misnomer, nothing mm-hmm. is ever sudden.
0: It never is. It always goes so, up to it. Yes.
1: Yes. You, you notice it suddenly, but it doesn't really happen suddenly. Uh, I realized I was on a downward spiral, that all the things that I used to do cause an effect, right? If I say this, this is what happens. If I do this, this is what happens. If I want to pick up some new clients, I do these activities and they yield these results. And, you know, at a certain stage of life, you believe you know that stuff about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really believe stuck is an identity crisis, And it's when it gets to the point where you can't find your way out of it you start to wonder who you are and that's when it gets really dangerous because once you're on that downward slope and you start telling that story of your bad luck right things aren't working then you're manifesting through your voice through your thoughts through your energy more of what's not working right i have no clients i have no money but gets you more of that um so so i feel like at one point i had exhausted the coaches that i had found uh i had a therapist who just stared at me and wanted to write prescriptions and didn't really understand my business at all just nodded his head at me and took the check and right Mm -hmm. i i didn't find any uh help there And at one point, I realized that most of these coaches weren't present with me. They were present with whatever set of intellectual property they had subscribed to or become certified in. You know, someone's a Tony Robbins coach or they're a guru so-and-so coach or they've, you know, bought into some system that's important to them. And while that might work for regular people,
0: it
1: doesn't work for entrepreneurs.
0: Right, yeah. and it seems it seems like they were stuck in their own methodology and the way that they wanted to approach this.
1: But that's what coaching is. So, in fairness to them, coaching and therapy is a system by which you uh, question people using various questioning techniques that you subscribe to until they have self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And and I think for some people, uh, maybe you know a mom who hasn't worked in 10 years who wants to get back into the game or i don't know some young person who needs life coaching about working with their boss maybe those processes are are good enough or good for them for entrepreneurs we need answers mm. and i realize that they weren't with me, they were with their processes. And if I didn't follow the process, I wasn't going to get what I needed. And for entrepreneurs, our money, you know, is going out the back door while we're trying to figure it out. And a bad mistake, you know, just taking on a a bad client when you're a small company can take you down.
0: Right. So Karen, the question is that when all of this is happening, and like you said, this is not a sudden thing. It can build up. And I think that being stuck is kind of the same thing. I don't think that you can just wake up one day and, and you can feel stuck, but it builds up to it. And I'm asking this because in my life, when I've been stuck, I've questioned myself only after the fact. How do you know when you're stuck when you're in it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, so much of it's mindset. You know, so much of it's mindset. And, and being able, if you think about these uh horrible stories we hear about people who are taken hostage and they all the ones that survive all say the same things you know they go into their mind and see their children they go into their mind and see their family and the people that they loved and they'd imagine they were home again they would live for those moments they would create in their head this this fantasy that they escaped Um, the people who aren't strong enough to stay in that mindset all by themselves in a prison undoubtedly are the ones we don't don't hear from afterwards because Mm -hmm. they don't make it, you know? So if you're stuck and the people around you aren't able to help point that out, and sometimes we don't listen, everybody has a different threshold for pain. You know, you start losing money. The things, as I said, a big trigger or a big way to know you're stuck is that the things you used to do, I used to put salt in the soup and it tasted better. Now it doesn't work, right? I took an action and the reaction doesn't work anymore. And you start asking, your, you start losing your confidence mm-hmm. in the things that you know you do well. And I would say that lack of confidence or that loss of confidence sustained over time is a warning to you to get help. Right.
0: That's a very interesting point. So when you say that the things that have worked before are not working now, and when you start to notice that, that's when you're stuck. It's very difficult to know that while you're in it. When you're going through it and you're saying that this has worked and it's not working anymore, it's difficult to pinpoint that I'm stuck and that's why this is happening. And people around you might not care enough to tell you that. Are there specific cues or clues that happen in our lives that tell us Mm -hmm. you might be stuck?
1: Yes. Well, you start to feel depressed. Mm. You wake up and you aren't sure what to do with yourself because now you've reached a point where the things you used to do don't work. You're probably consumed. You're probably talking about what's not working way too much. Your friends stop calling. You notice that you're defensive. Uh, You probably even can, your body weight can change. You can start eating too much or not eating enough. You might be binging on weed or alcohol or things that, Hey, a little bit of this used to make me feel better. Right. But now I'm doing so much of it. I notice that I'm spending more money on wine and things like that. But I think preventively, which is even better. How do you not get stuck Hmm. And those are some things that I do now to help people get unstuck, right? So when I was at the point where none of this was working, and I actually had a coach tell me my life was passing me by on Skype, which made me want to jump out of a window. And I think it was only sort of my determination to prove her wrong (laughs) that fired me back up. And I dove into... Things I knew worked for me in the past, things I had coached others on in the past, and some new things. And I started to change my life from the minute I woke up.
0: You feel like your life is passing you by? I think that's a really strong indication that you're stuck in something that's not working anymore. And it's a great motivator to get out of it and to try to do something differently. But here's another perspective on being stuck that I've experienced. I hear it often with with people that that are also stuck and have gotten out of it, is that it feels like you're in a quicksand when when you're stuck. It's like, no matter, the more you try, the more effort you put into becoming unstuck, you feel like you're getting even more stuck. Why does that happen, Karen, in your experience?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that I had this experience last week where I was a few minutes behind getting somewhere. I was off track, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a great example. You get a little off track, and then I go down into the subway, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about being off track. And what do I create? More off track, because I mm-hmm. go the wrong way on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and every New Yorker will tell you, I know this happened to me, too. And then I get out and I turn around and now I'm sweating. And so I jump on the train going the right way. Luckily, I noticed it in one stop. I didn't end up in Brooklyn. And I get off the train and I start running in the wrong direction on Lexington Avenue. And, and then at that point, I just, uh, it, it, was, it was funny. I saw a homeless man opening a card and he was so excited, money, money came out of it. It snapped me out of myself. And my being off track. And I ran up to him and I said, did you just get a present? And he said, yes, I did. And he was all toothless, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the ground. And I said, I'm so happy for you. And he said, me too. And so then I was back in my body and I went, okay, where am I? I wrote a text and said to the person, I, I'm a little behind. I'll get back on track. I'll see you shortly. And it really wasn't a problem. But our mindset takes us into places where we make it worse for ourselves and we, don't, we aren't listening anymore. What happens when clients come in to see me, first thing they're doing is they're stopping and they're creating space to get unstuck. And this idea of creating space is very powerful because if you're going to manifest anything in life, you must create space first. You want to build a garden? Where are you going to plant? Uh, You know, I I have herbs growing in my windowsill on the 35th floor of my apartment, but I had to think about how do I find space in New York City to grow some parsley and sage and thyme, right? If you're going to build a family, if you want to have children, you know, you should think about where you're going to put them and how your life is going to change. I've seen women who just add kids and don't remove anything, and then they topple over with an autoimmune or a stress breakdown. So you have to have space to create. And what I find is that a lot of my clients are millennial entrepreneurs and they wake up and they're a slave. They follow the phone <laughs> from the moment their eyes are open. There's no space to create the day. So um, that, that is one of the first steps to take when you start to feel these symptoms of things that really aren't working like they used to. The bank balance is going down instead of up. The number of friends I can call is decreasing. The, the energy I have is not the same as it was. I'm not sleeping. Uh, my eating patterns have changed. My bad habits uh, were fun habits, and now they're really bad habits, right? So those are all warning signs. And like I said, the, the language you're using this whole time is manifesting more. Of the negativity.
0: Right. So that's, again, a very interesting point. And before we get into what can we do to get stuck, I want to explore this a little bit. You talked about creating space. That was the the one powerful thing that you mentioned. And the other thing was language as well. These two things are, they must be related in a way that then, you know, manifest the feeling of being stuck. Why is language so important, Karen? Is it because our mind understands our world and, and the way that we see it through language and that's why we create a reality from what we're saying but break it down for me as to why is it that language makes it that way?
1: okay that's the, so, i'm so glad you asked me that uh one of the modules in my program is called watch your language and <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how we don't even know you know you i'm sure you've sat at dinner with a friend who's complaining and And uh, I'm the type of person that says, if I hear this too much, you know, are you just trying to vent or do you need an answer? Because I'm a problem solver. And if you just want to vent, I want to let you vent. But I also don't want to be supportive of your process of manifesting more of this negativity. I don't want to support you venting repeatedly over something because you need to process it, put it away, get what you learned and take new action. You know, so the reason language is so important is, and and if many of us are solopreneurs working on our own, or if you have a team of 25 people, they're not your friends. You've got a lot going on in your head. And some days there may be hours that go by where your voice is the only voice you hear. So your voice is programming you, you know, programming your destiny and, we uh, remember Muhammad Ali. I mean, he's one of my favorite examples. I mean, he just programmed himself from the moment he woke up to how things were going to be. And those affirmations are one of the ways uh, I got unstuck, you know, changing the words I was using and even spinning them from you know, I have this problem client and they're really sucking the energy out of me and I I don't know what to do to, I, I have a client that's a real challenge and I know that if I'm open to helping this person and they want to be helped, I'll become a vehicle for this solution. It will come through me. And when that happens, both of us will have a breakthrough. What an exciting opportunity, right? So reframing constantly, into a positive even if you don't believe it is important. Um, yesterday I was at a round table with a lot of women talking on uh, International Women's Day about the energy between women sometimes of envy hmm. and how dangerous that is and many cultures you know where pendants and amulets and the evil eye is kind it's a real thing. So one of the things I advised them to do was, even if they weren't feeling it, to just say, I'm so happy for you in the most heartfelt way you can. And as you say it, you will feel differently Hmm. than the silent stabbing thought you had in your head. Because really, if someone has something that you want, it's proof that it can happen. Yes. And, you know, it isn't that people are bad if they aren't happy for you they're just being honest about where they're at, but this flipping your language and, and spinning it the other way is one way, you know, they say fake it till you make it, say it until you believe it.
0: Yes, absolutely. The emotional response that comes with flipping your thought is real and almost instantaneous. When you change your language, you can feel it right off the bat because your thought is what's creating your emotions. And then you can shift your perspective in a direction that that actually does serve you. So, yeah, and, and the way that language fits in it is because language creates thought, right? We think in terms of language. We think in terms of words. So absolutely agree. And and I see how that could really manifest. Karen, I want to take a scenario now. I want to take a scenario thats uh, that's been going through my mind and it's pertinent to the audience, the listeners of Voice of the Entrepreneur. And that is, let's say that you have this successful person working a corporate job, nine to five, they've been it for a long time. But there's this inkling that they want to pursue something more, that they want to have more. But everything around them tells them that they are on track. Yet inside, that person feels like they are stuck, and that they cannot get out of this and make a change in their life that they know they absolutely need. Mm-hmm. How do you help people? And this is where we can get into how does one get unstuck with this, but let's talk about relating with this scenario as to how can a person like this who, who has all this energy and has passion to do something else, but is feeling tremendously stuck, even though their world around them looks like everything is in shape. They're on track, mm-hmm. everything seems to according be to who? according to the world, according to society, mm-hmm. according to how the world sees that person, but they don't see it themselves.
1: Right? So, you know, the only voice that matters is yours. And so if you don't feel, you know, there there are people who are in marriages that other people look at and say, that's perfect. They yeah. don't feel uh, that they're being respected or satisfied or some of their other life goals, then they have to figure out you know what to do about that. So somebody's in a job that's and envied by their friends, and and it's bringing them a nice living, and they have a healthy four hundred one k, and all those other neat things that entrepreneurial life doesn't always bring you right away. Right and away, but that's that, it. Yeah. That
0: there's a risk there, right? And yeah. that's why people stay stuck in the safety, and they don't want to get out of it because they can't see the trade off that they're going to get.
1: Absolutely. So I don't think it's something one does the way I did, which was quit my job and figure out that in six months, I'd be fine and basically had no plan. And I actually did quite well considering how naive I was. And I, I have this saying that, you know, God protects an idiot. (laughs) Because once you know better, the karmic lessons seem to come a lot quicker. But (laughs) when, when you mean well, and you just don't know better, you seem to get a little extra guidance. So, you know, the ways that you can do it, number one, I'm a big fan of interviewing and I I have two clients going through this right now. One of them came to me and said that she was unable to complete anything in her entire life. She felt, you know, completely like a loser that she Felt smarter than most of the people at the jobs that she took. She didn't know if she was an entrepreneur, but she didn't think she'd make a good employee anywhere. This was starting to be a real social issue. A lot of her friends are entrepreneurs here in Brooklyn, and there's a whole scene around it. And she was feeling very small next to her friends. Mm-hmm. And so this is a cycle. Psych- this is stuck. This is now you can slide. Now a really bright, intelligent, intuitive, powerful woman like this, who has so much to offer the world, maybe would have moved back home with mom, I don't know, and and had like a real sort of breakdown because she didn't see a path, you know. And so what we did is we went through a process of understanding a lot of times. So step one is creating the space. Mm-hmm. These people have to create space. So you can't go to work for 12 hours a day, come home, take care of your kids, crash, never exercise, and you're not seeing your friends and think you're gonna squeeze in a, a, a new business idea or even research for it. But right? is so,
0: being stuck the fact that you can't create space? Like, it's, it's almost like I'm stuck, I don't know how to create space, but in order for me to be unstuck, I have to create space. Like how do you- First
1: way to create space is to get up two hours earlier. Or one hour earlier, or cancel something else. But you've got to admit, a lot of times people won't make themselves the priority. They think they don't have the time, but then they get fired or they get divorced because they really weren't putting the time in either. Making that space is critical. The way I started to change and get out of this was I got up earlier. I didn't look at the phone for an hour. And I started meditating every morning and journaling. Uh, The other thing I tell people to do is when you're ready to change, the trigger's fed up. you got to be fed up. Mm. If you're not fed up, I had a woman in my office last week. She says she's fed up. Uh, I mentored her. I gave her a little free time. She's young and in a lot of trouble. So I said, you know, if you do these five pieces of homework, Mm. let me know and I'll give you a little more time. And so far, she's not done them because she's not fed up enough yet. So you really have to be fed up and willing to drop other things, put yourself first, and create that space. In that space, one of the things I tell people to do is if you can somehow change the way you wake up every day, meaning paint a wall, move your bedroom to another room, put a new piece of art somewhere that you see when you very first wake up, write some affirmations on a gigantic post-it, And stick it where you just have some way so that you know when you open your eyes in the morning, I'm in my new life. Even though it doesn't quite feel that way yet, it's a reminder when I open my eyes, my bed's in a different direction, I'm laying on different sheets, whatever, something you can do doesn't cost very much money, change your environment when you first wake up. And uh, in addition to that, make space somewhere in your apartment. And I, you know, in New York, I have clients who have roommates. They're telling me that I said, find a corner of your bedroom where you can put a cushion on the floor and look at something your dear grandmother gave you or a treasured item that you picked up on a trip. Find a way to make a small amount of sacred space in your home so that when you sit on that spot, you immediately relax and go inward. Meditation is critical to change.
0: I was just gonna say that I have a space at home that I use for my meditation, and that's a sacred spot that I don't do anything
1: else in, so I relate with this. And when you sit there, you probably automatically start to meditate a little bit easier. Now there are people listening right now who are going, oh yeah, that's for other people, I can't meditate, I'm so special, my mind never stops thinking.
0: I get that all the time, all the time.
1: Yeah, and so does mine, still after years of meditating. And the answer is, it's still better than not meditating. Not everybody's able to go into a complete state. It's the act of even saying to the universe and starting my day by putting the mask over my own face before I open Facebook and look at other people's images of their life that they wanna share with me to portray something that may or may not even be true, which impacts me, right? So uh, creating that space and the meditating and the last thing I'll say on meditating, I mean, it's a little bit crude, but I end up getting every single person who says they can't do it to try it when I say this. So I'll say it (laughs) is when you're a healthy person, you wake up in the morning and at some point before you leave the house, you eliminate what you've ingested food wise, drink wise. If you didn't do that, you would feel kind of lousy. And so if you don't eliminate what you took into your mind, if you don't release it, if you don't say, this is a fresh day and I'm going to stop and pause and clear my head to take in new things today, you can't change. You're bringing all yesterday's energy with you and emotion and thoughts and feelings so those are some really important things to start with. Change your morning routine. Start small. Mm. I tell my clients, you have a goal, then you have an optimum goal, and then you have a minimum goal. So my optimum goal is a 30-minute meditation that I learned through the art of living. And it's, it's powerful, and it's physical, and I know that my life changes when I do that 40 days in a row. My regular goal is a twenty minute, is a twelve minute meditation that I do with a headset. That's very easy because it's binaural beats and it helps me to stop thinking. And my minimal goal is a five minute uh, breathing technique uh, that's also a talking meditation. So mm-hmm. I can't get away without doing one of those. Mm-hmm. Same thing for my workout. You know, my optimum goal is a spin class. My regular goal is 20 minutes at the gym downstairs in my building. And my minimal goal is I put happy on by Pharrell and dance for three and a half minutes.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. So it doesn't have to be this big thing, this big mountain that you feel you can't climb. Break it down, make it into small pieces and, and tackle them one at a time. Makes sense. Yeah,
1: these micro goals and also having the three options, it gives those of us who are rebels, which are most of us who are entrepreneurs, that feeling that (laughs) was built in. in. Yeah, it's built in. And it, and it, you know, some of these traits, they're really positive in the positive, but they can be really negative in the negative. Anything you do that creates consistency, you know, every single day I exercise, even if it's three minutes of dancing. Right. And you can say that, that gets that confidence back. That's part of turning the stuck around.
0: Yeah. I I forget who said it, but someone said that if you're sweating every day, then you're doing something right. Mm
1: -hmm. Keep sweating.
0: Even if it's for three minutes, the movement is going to shake your body. It's going to get you out of your mind. So number one is create space, Karen. What else can we do?
1: Can I just tell you how long my morning routine is?
0: Sure. Please. I,
1: I have a two block commute because I think that is a lot of time every day that I don't have to waste being squeezed in a subway or traffic getting somewhere. And so it enables me to have a three hour morning routine. So before I come to serve people every day and be present a hundred percent for them, I'm like the water. I go with where they need me. I need to be able to shift on a dime if what I planned for the day isn't going to work because they lost their top employee. And so I prepare myself, but I have a a whole day to myself, practically. I have three hours every morning Mm. where I have a powerful morning routine. I get some personal things done. And when I come to work, I'm energized and excited and grounded. And I honestly uh, don't look at the email until 8.30 in the morning. I do practice what I preach with that because in my work, I have to be you know, that grounded. So I'm sorry, can you repeat your question?
0: So, yeah. So the scenario was somebody that's stuck in a corporate job wants to get out Mm -hmm. and we want to walk them through the process of becoming unstuck or getting unstuck when they're in that. So number one, you said, let's create space. You got to create space and you beautifully laid out the way that someone can create space. Yes.
1: The next thing you want to do is figure out what you want. So one of the ways that I coach people who say they don't know what they want is to help them figure out what they do not want, what they do not like. And I think it's powerful to do that because especially my clients that are millennials, they haven't had a lot of life experience yet to know. And, you know, for some people, they know when they're five years old, they want to be a doctor and that's it. And they, they're crystal clear. And, and most of us aren't like that. So getting to what you want means, you know, when I say, what are you passionate about? They, they almost get annoyed. You know, I don't know if I knew I wouldn't be here. I'm really frustrated by that question. And, and passion seems to be sort of a, a cool thing to have today in business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they, they get a sense of overwhelm in trying to figure out like, what if I don't do it right? What if that, that thing that's supposed to be my thing isn't the right thing and, yeah. and it's okay. And it may change over time in your life. Something you think is your mission in your 20s may be different in, in your 40s. So I have people sit down and think about what are the things I love to do that bring me joy, that time passes and I can't even, when I'm with the right clients. sometimes they have to stop me you know, and say time's up. <laughs> because, because we're just dancing so well and we're producing results and it's joyous to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. Sitting in my QuickBooks, not so much, you know.
0: I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Considered so, front of accounting, that's for sure. I
1: yeah. And so I always find someone who finds joy in hitting that little QuickBooks icon and opening up those reports and who can share with me at a high level what's going on. So so, I know that I know that about myself, and that's the first person I need to hire in any business I start. So by knowing what I really really brings me joy and knowing what I you know maybe like to do, and then thirdly, what I can do pretty well but don't really care to do right and that and those are things like I'm really good at confronting people, masterful people call me and say, I have to confront someone what if, but I don't love doing that. I wouldn't want to have a career where I was litigating, let's say, because just because I'm good at that. And then I say, okay, what are the things you never want to do again? You know, uh, spreadsheets, right? So these are these things you never want to do again. And when you start to look at those things, you have to ask yourself, is this a recipe for success in a business I may want to have? And then I say, you know, where your passion lies, if you don't know. Think about what pisses you off. When do you get fired up? You're walking down the street. You're in a great mood. You witness something. You hear something. Somebody calls you and tells you something. And it instantly fires you up. For me, that's advocating for people who can't speak for themselves. It's helping people get unstuck. It's helping people who have really big missions. And if I help them, they can help lots of people. That is something that, that really gives me passion, but I had to figure out, you know, where do I want to advocate? Where do I get pissed off? Cause if you don't know where your passion is, it's up in there somewhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. When you get pissed off, like you are saying, there's a problem there that mm-hmm. you can solve. There's a solution that you can bring up and you can cater to those people and solve that problem.
1: And as you know, when you get into it with your business, if you don't have that passion, to call upon as your energy reserve backup. Absolutely. When things get tough, you aren't gonna get through.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I, I, and I always say to entrepreneurs is, passion can be the fuel to the fire that keeps you going. It can't be the foundation you build your business on, but it can be something that you use as fuel to keep you going when times get really difficult, because that's yep. the entrepreneurial journey,
1: right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the um, idea is so overwhelming to some people. You know, how do I know what I want? How do I know where my passion is? But that level of clarity and specificity, because none of this is easy, is is really like what you go back to. When I say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, I think about the people I've helped. Sometimes I go listen to video testimonials where people have thanked me and I remind myself of the work I've done and how important it is. And that keeps me going. So if that passion wasn't there, you know, it's like having a backup tank of gas. You kind of need it for that. And then you sort of have to care for and nurture this baby you're building, right? This thing that you want to grow so that you can get unstuck and get out of the life you're in and into the life you're going to. And so nurturing means boundaries, This is something I I find a lot of my millennial clients don't have and don't understand. And one of the things I say is, if you would have saw me walking down the street in the 90s uh, in San Francisco, where I knew every person that worked in the company because I was in HR, but if you saw me on a Saturday with my hair up in my Saturday clothes, people would walk right by me and not know it was me. We had different personas. You know, we had different clothes. Um, People that I worked with didn't see me in anything but my work clothes and my work hair and that presence. And so we really had that level of protection where, you know, I'm sure your dad didn't get a call at 9 o'clock at night from his employees, the way we have the intrusion now. So we have to learn to set those boundaries up that say, you know, after 7.30, I don't check email. And if I do check it, I don't respond so that people don't know I'm checking because that's my boundary. And maybe you're in a business where that's not going to be able to be your boundary. Maybe you're in a very customer centric business, but I have a boundary that nobody comes to my door without calling first. Hmm. And there's 300 people in my building uh, that I live in, in New York. And I, if I just didn't have boundaries, there'd be people knocking on my door a lot because I'm a favored neighbor (laughs) so so these boundaries are um, there's something I work with the clients to not only set but then to uphold
0: beautiful I mean I think creating space is absolutely necessary if you want to move away from something you're stuck in and want Mm -hmm. to change your life and then knowing what you want and understanding what you're passionate about and also how you can integrate that passion with the market and how you can create a business. Anything else, Karen, that you would say that someone can do, um, maybe an actionable step. You know, Maybe it's not quitting your job, but having a talk with a financial planner to get your finances straight before you do that. I know you've had experience of getting yourself out of a corporate position, a corporate job, and going into business.
1: So you want to uh, get onto LinkedIn, which is the best invention uh, of our time for business people. It's like being at the biggest networking party in the world. And if you don't have a profile, then you, you aren't there. If you have a profile with no picture that's incomplete, it's like you don't have a name tag on. And so, you know, get on there and create a real persona and reach out to people who look like the you you want to be. And ask them for 20 minutes and compliment them and say, you know, you're an inspiration to me. I love what you're doing and it would mean the world to me if you could spend 20 minutes on the phone with me and really honor that. Have your questions organized. Don't get on and um and ah. Really use the time wisely and document that stuff. And after you talk to five people, you're going to have a better idea of is, is this a fit for me? So take taking action And being excited about the action, right? Because excitement is the emotion or the fuel behind what you want to manifest. So if you've never noticed, you always get what you really, 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 want or you really, 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 really really don't want because (laughs) of the emotion
0: absolutely that's beautiful karen this was a fantastic conversation where we really opened up what it is to be stuck and the process of getting unstuck so thank you so much for being here and talking about this topic and really laying it out for us so that there's actionable items here that someone can take tomorrow and and start getting unstuck so thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us
1: you're welcome
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, my friend, then you should definitely check out a three-day video series that I've put together on the website that shows you how you can turn your passion into a business. It is a proven method that I have used in my business and several entrepreneurs that I have worked with to take them from where they are today, possibly in a job that they don't enjoy, to being in a place that they really do love and have a business and a lifestyle that they want. So my friend, visit our website at voebherd.com and check out the video series. Hope to see you there.